This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. Uh, What do you think grass sounds like if it yells? (laughs) I love that question. (sighs) Oh, so low and throaty. Yeah, because maybe it's yelling and we just can't hear it. Yeah, maybe maybe the wind doesn't make noise. That's grass yelling. (laughs) Maybe the scientists have it all wrong. I think I'm probably wrong on that one. Uh, but anyway, that's my replacement question for how are you? And I, I think that was probably not an accurate answer to how are you? Like if I said, how are you? You probably wouldn't have said, ah. Yeah, right? yeah, no, no. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like a good throaty yell is always a good thing to get out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Throaty yell. I'm sure there are many punk songs called throaty yell <laughs> out there that you can check out and then imagine that it is being performed by grass. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we are not going to talk about yelling grass this week any more than we already have. Well, I don't want to make any promises. Maybe we will. Uh, but our topic today, the thing that we are obsessed with for this episode is, I had written this down as to read lists. But the more I put the question down, uh, wrote the questions, I realized what I meant is to read piles, like literal mm. physical piles of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm obsessed with them because they are everywhere <laughs> in our home and they both uh they they thrill me they delight me and uh cause other emotions as well and uh, a part of this for me is it is definitely something i've been thinking about because i rearranged uh, some of my piles recently but i had done a tweet um can't remember the exact wording something along the lines of i no longer have a bedroom i have a used bookstore only i can shop at Uh, which was just one of those tweets born out of reality of walking into the bedroom and going, this this looks like a used bookstore. I'm like, ooh, I want to go through these piles and see what I might discover. Wow, I like every book here because I bought them. And they're all my to-read piles. Don't don't fit on shelves anymore. Uh, And they're books to be read on those shelves. Uh, But people responded to it. And I think, you know, that is definitely something that I know is a not universal, but it's something that a lot of people experience. Mm Mm-hmm of having so many things that they want to consume, but particularly read, and particularly if you are a person who uh, likes uh, having a hold of physical books instead of reading on a device or a mixture, I think a lot of people can relate to uh, a part of their home becoming this interesting architecture that is book piles Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all of the associated emotions. So that's where we're uh, coming at this from. So we'll talk about the piles themselves, you know, maybe some structural integrity issues, uh, but also what's in the pile and all those decisions. So I wanted to start by just asking you, for you, when you think of or look at your uh, piles of books or my piles of books, uh, what's the gamut of emotions? What goes through your soul when you look at those uh, piles of books? Oh, um, the the actual literal piles. If they're they um, if they are not on a bookshelf or a nightstand, but if they're just like on the floor or like one or two books sitting on top of some boxes, those I'll get to in a moment. The other piles of books, like if I were to just have a pile of books on the floor stacked up. Like all these, these are all books from carpet up, and I want to read all of them. Uh, a mixture of fear and overwhelm, being overwhelmed and dread, along with a little bit of like, oh yeah, that's that's a lot of things I really want to do. But I actually don't. I, I when there are piles like two layers on the bookshelf or the nightstand, you can barely get the top book my the little nightstand that's um my set of our bed has uh shelves on it yeah and it is full yeah like there are lots of books on there but as long as they can be contained there then i'm fine with it or if i have them in like a shoebox that's somewhere then i'm fine with it but when it's just like stacked and exposed for my piles it, it's uh it's a little too much for me okay right okay so you're making a big distinction between a pile of books that is on some sort of other piece of furniture versus a freestanding pile that is just the floor and books. Yeah, I okay. am. I am. Because I think I think a little bit of it is the um, the tipping over factor. <laughs> the structural integrity. The, stru- the structural integrity. <laughs> the I have piles of plenty of other things. Yes. So I feel like for myself, maybe like I feel like if I can have the books be 
in some amount of containment that gives me the illusion of control. <laughs> okay. All right. That makes a lot of sense. So I have several follow-up questions to your <laughs> gamut of emotions. Uh, you were acknowledging this, but I have right now a couple of uh, active piles. I reconstructed uh, recently and reorganized a couple of piles or a couple of uh, books that are kind of spread out everywhere into two active piles uh, on my side of the bed. Are those disturbing you? Nope. Are you worried about their structural integrity? No, because they're built well. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm a, I'm a book builder, really. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the little books are on the bottom with big books on the top. Um, I mean, or maybe a few, but they they I don't feel like they're going to be knocked over. I don't feel like I'm going to accidentally bump into them. Right. And part of it, just to get full, like open all the curtains, for the place for me to stack piles of books where I have done it once or twice is directly in front of my clothes. Right. And in so, front of the closet. Yes. Yes. And so it's not it's not a good place to have a small a, a tall um structurally unstable pile <laughs> because I'm going in and out of that thing multiple times a day, you know, at yes. least twice a day. And the thing that my piles of books are blocking me from is books on shelves. Right. Or some action figures on shelves. Right. As well. So, yeah, so totally understandable if you were like, yes, I need to knock over a collection of cozy mysteries mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to pick out my clothes for work today. That would be a different thing. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the pure emotion then. You said fear and dread. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, go a little. <laughs> is that any? Is that an exaggeration? Tell me more about your fear and dread uh, of a to read pile. I I think I mean the fear I think is t- purely about picturing tall stacks of books in front of uh, the closet. Okay, like I can't get to my shoes that I need to get out the door to get to work on time unless I knock over these books. So, so like, that's the fear. Like so a, we'll put that. Yeah, one. like a a a life feeling of. I have too many things I want to do and they are obstructing my ability to function on a daily basis. Becoming physical reality is mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think the fear is truly about the, the physical integrity. Okay. So we'll move on to, that's that's an easy one. We'll move on to the dread. Okay, yeah, let's move on to the dread. Because I both, I love, I've always had more books around me than I have time to read. Like that's just, I mean, maybe when I was very little I had read all of the books that I owned because they were all very short. Uh, And I had read all of them many times, but even then, probably not. I also have a pile of little golden books, and that doesn't get very high at all. (laughs) It takes a lot of work. That's true. It doesn't. We should work on that one. Yeah. There's a lot of good books in there. (laughs) There are. Um, But I think part of it is that push-pull of knowing that there are so many books that I want to read within those piles, and knowing how long I have wanted to read some of those books, and the the um, repetitive failure of not making time to read them yes and so that's where the dread comes in of like is i like the idea of having books around as aspirational there's always more things you want to read there's more always more things you're interested in there's more stories to learn there's more things to learn like anything i love all that i have no need to only have books that i've read but i think for me there is a tipping point of (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) didn't mean that but I'll go with it. It yeah. came out. Um, but I think there is that that point of like, is this, am I surrounding myself by a, feel, a fear of, of um, not being able to meet even some of the most basic goals? Yeah. No, I think that's a big part of it for me. Uh, I, I wouldn't say fear or dread. I would say guilt mm. because it feels like I am that weird emotion of like you're letting down a book. Like... Uh, as much as I wish books were sentient, because that would be really cool and fun, <laughs> uh, I, I know that, you know, books don't feel bad, that I haven't read them, uh, but it is, it's guilt. And I think it is because it, it is about, uh, am I, it's this weird symbol of, am I managing my time the way I want to? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that's entirely realistic, because just the sheer volume of what I want to read, it would only happen if I was just like, that's what I do for a living. I don't even review the books. Some some magic entity just pays me for having read a book. <laughs> that is the only way I would actually keep up with the sheer volume of stuff that I do want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guilt, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work with the guilt mm-hmm. and say like, oh, did you have a specific goal to read a specific book at a specific time? And did you drop the ball in a way that is fixable? Yeah. And try to think about it a little bit more that way. Yeah. Or to think about kind of the, the what are what are the realistic metrics? Because I see people on social media being like, 
if it's in my pile for two years, then and I haven't read it, it, it goes. I'm like, that's laughable. That's some of the to me, n- yeah. not to their to them, but to me, like, uh, <laughs> like two years. That's a brand new little baby book to be in my pile for only two years. <laughs> that's nothing. Let's talk to some of the decade plus books that mm-hmm. I'm working on. Um, I think for me, uh, there is also just like a little bit of like just joy and excitement of looking at the books because I do think they do just they have aesthetic value. Mm-hmm. A lot of them just like the um, the covers, the spines. But also for me, they're just like, I really like to concentrate on things that just give you a little burst of joy. Yeah. And I think in the same way, like some of the action figures that I look at of like, well, I'm not going to be taking out and playing with them. I'm not going to write an essay about that one today, maybe later. But just looking at it for a half a second gives me this little burst of joy. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the books are still providing that, even and- if I don't get to reading them as quickly as I want to. Yeah. You have a follow-up question. That's good. No, I was just going to ask because... Uh, for you, it doesn't make any difference if the books are on a bookshelf, in a pile on the bookshelf, in a pile in front of the bookshelf, or does it? Um, spoiler, I was going to ask you this question oh, later about sorry. the difference between a shelf and a pile. Yes. Well, I just feel like I started it by saying I have piles on bookshelves in front of the books that are on the <laughs> bookshelf. And like, I probably have 20 books stacked on my nightstand. And that's fine with me. That gives me absolute joy. It's the stacks on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Mine, not yours. Uh, it Weirdly. doesn't make a, no, it does, the answer is it doesn't make a huge difference to me. I think I'm so focused on this because I reorganized a couple of the piles that don't fit on the shelves anymore and reorganized them in such a way so that I could see the spines and really remember what are the books from like the last three to four years that I really intended to read. Like sometimes I pick up a book going, I'd really like to get to that someday, but I, I, I kind of know it, it's not going to. And like the piles right in front of me are the like, you really want to and have reasons to read these. Mm-hmm. So th- those active piles in front of me, I'm having a, a different relationship with. Yeah. And they're kind of, they're bundled by theme. So it's also like just like a little bit of a display. The same way like you would have a room and you would ha- have like, I have posters of everything I like from a sunset to a film mm-hmm. and like the books are to be read and interacted with and I want to, but they're, those piles are also fulfilling like that. They're just a little visual symbol of the things I like. Yeah. And sometimes when I go to bed, I'm like, Oh, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Lynch films, James yeah. Bond. Oh, oh my friends. Uh, so, oh, some uh, novels by Carrie Fisher. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it is, it provides that little bit of joy. Yeah. Just I love a that. reminder of, um, of uh things i love um i think for me there's also just like a little bit the guilt is real and sometimes i even beat myself up uh, you know about the time management stuff but also you know part of the reason i wanted to do this podcast is i do just like allowing myself to enjoy laughing at the human condition and like seeing how many people responded to that tweet mm-hmm. in that way that isn't a like good joke it was <laughs> it was about like i feel this because yeah. it is a universal thing that i think we just especially i think the kind of people who are going to collect actual physical books are really uh lean toward i want to devour more than i possibly can mm-hmm. and there's for me i just kind of look at them and, and in a way it's like i'm trying to have a sense of humor about it of this is getting absurd that it looks like a used bookstore and let me allow myself to find that a little funny too mm-hmm. so that is a part of my gamut of emotions i love it is laughing at the human condition as represented by uh, structurally stable book piles <laughs> <laughs> um I, I you mentioned this but i wanted to ask you about this when did you um when did you first start making any sort of piles? And that doesn't mean ground up. I just mean like <laughs> even nightstand. When did you first start having a to-read pile? Like how old were you and, and what kind of books were in those initial piles? Oh, well, I don't remember not having a pile. <laughs> really? Like we're talking six years old. You've got a, a stack of those little golden books. I, I just, I don't remember at that point. I mean, I think at a certain point when... When I was very young, a lot of the books were checked out either from the school library or the community library. And there is a limit on how many books you could check out at a time, right? I think so. That's a standard library thing. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't go to your libraries or memorize (laughs) their library rules. But so I think there is, and I read all the time as a kid like that. Um, And so I think, I don't think that I really 
I don't know that I had piles at that point, I'll, I guess. I mean, okay. I think I had the pile of like, here are the three books I've checked out from the library, and I will read them, and in two weeks I'll be back at the library, and we'll get three new books. Okay, so the golden days of your youth, you had a functional pile that you cycled through and returned to the library. Maybe. <laughs> I, I honestly don't, I just don't remember. Okay. Um, but then I remember by like middle school, high school-ish, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, definitely having piles of books that I wanted to read but didn't have time to read all of them um, because I had uh, other work that I had to do for school. Yeah. Um, You're dancing and singing by now, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, doing homework. (laughs) Weird. Okay. (laughs) Um, In fact, I remember telling myself sometimes, like, if I couldn't sleep when I, I think I was probably in high school when I was doing this, maybe, maybe a little bit older, but being like, okay, Sarah, if you can't sleep, you've got all these books that you're supposed to read. So then you're just going to get up and read those books. So you better get to sleep. And And did it work? I don't remember having, I mean, I slept like four hours a night in high school. I don't remember like having, I was up late doing homework and getting up early going to school. I don't remember having problems sleeping. Well, did you follow through on your own threat? Did you make yourself get up and read? No, I slept. Okay. (laughs) So it worked. All right. So uh, book piles are a sleep aid is what we are learning (laughs) and threaten yourself into going to sleep. Um, So what kind of books were in those uh, initial piles in high school? Were they things that had been assigned in school? Were they, what kind of books were they? Uh, Probably um, a lot of mystery novels. Nice. Not a big change for now. Uh, Because, you know, the books that I was assigned for school, I would usually read. Yeah. (laughs) Because that was who I was. Um, And so, yeah, so I'd say a lot of mysteries. Okay. Interesting. Um, So did you did you co-mingle? Like, I know you said you were going to quickly read the books that you needed to for school. uh, But was did you have a separate like these are school books that I must read. And here is the my for fun reading. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I did. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So you already had more organization for your piles. I feel like a lawyer now where I was like trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> it Del- was many years ago. <laughs> so you admit you've always been organized. Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> remember that, Jerry. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious because I remember my piles emerging uh, pretty exactly when I was about 14. Oh, wow. Yeah, because maybe it was the first time that I just had a straight-up actual nightstand. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I read a lot, but I think it was, I checked it out from a library, or this is the book that I'm reading right now. But I remember 14 in particular, having a nightstand in the beginning of that pile, and that there were mm-hmm. more things that I wanted to read than I could read. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and for me, that was a mix of, I had gotten into Kurt Vonnegut, so mm-hmm. a lot of Vonnegut novels, uh, and I had been reading the James Bond books, uh, so those were in there. A lot of Doctor Who novelizations, and like a lot of big, fat fantasy books. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I remember uh, being in that pile for a long time. There's certain books, like, there's like one Doctor Who novelization that I eventually had to rebuy, because I remember it being in that pile. I know it was in that pile, and I know I didn't get to it. But oh. I don't know where it ended up. And it is it is very rare for a book to escape me. Like some sort of like book fairy <laughs> somehow magically appeared uh, mm-hmm. in my home. But then in, in high school, uh, I was in that international baccalaureate program, as you know. And the <laughs> it's always funny to me that the, uh, the individual schools could pick a, um, a, a collection of of what is going to be studied by this group of kids as they go through all, you know, four or three years of IB, depending mm-hmm. on how it's structured at the time. And for whatever reason, our school chose like tragedy in like hardcore tragedy. So it was some of the like <laughs> traditional Shakespeare, but like a, just a ton of, you know, the things fall apart and it, all, tragedies across uh, time and the world. Everything was always a tragedy all the time. Uh, but then I could also read. Uh, there are a couple things that I could read for extra credit, you know, but there are also always tragedy. So like I remember one uh, like two week period where uh, Heart of Darkness was at the top of my to read pile because I needed to knock it out real quick <laughs> for extra wow. credit. Yep. <laughs> you know, just knock out the Heart of Darkness. Did you guys choose tragedy? We, the students, didn't. Whoever was the decision maker of what my high school's version of the program was going to be picked tragedy of just like, 
Oh, so you're 16. I bet what you want to go through is The Stranger by Camus. Great. This should help your anxieties about going to prom, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was it was pretty intense. Yeah, that sounds very intense. I also read The Stranger when I was about 16. So there. Yeah, it's, it's a, I'm going to be controversial and say that's maybe a little young for The Stranger. I'm going to go ahead and say there's quite a few books I read in high school that I did not fully understand. Yes, yes, that I should like to review. Or sometimes when I review them, I'm like, okay, well, that did help me understand this thing conceptually like i think i understood the stranger conceptually quite well Mm -hmm. but i didn't have the life experience to understand what would lead a person to feel that way Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was nice to know from reading all those tragedy books that this is what being an adult is like look forward to this kids (laughs) (laughs) uh did you have when you were beginning your piles (laughs) uh did you have reading lists that you kept for yourself logs Ooh, you know, I don't think I did. I loved, um, this is is vaguely related, I loved organizing my bookshelves. Oh, okay. And not even organizing, like, alphabetizing, but just kind of rearranging. And often that would be like, okay, well, I've read these, um, like, in middle school. I've read these, um, like, the all of the Anne of Green Gables series. So I'm going to put those on the lower shelf now and put these other books that I really want to read up on the upper shelf. Or, oh, you know, like, so, so your I would shelves were a to-read pile. My shelves were a to-read pile, and then the books stacked in front of them were a to-read pile as well. <laughs> okay, so you could kind of – you had a visual record of what you'd read. Yeah, but I don't think I ever – I don't recall writing it down okay. at that time. Yeah, I think for me, this part of the reason I want to ask that question is, I think really junior high through high school, maybe like the first year of college, I diligently kept a list because we were reading a lot of classics, you know, through school, through that program. Uh, But then I can't remember, I think my brother brought it home from his school of like the hundred, you know, novels that everyone should read Mm -hmm. and i wanted to chew through that and i read a lot of classics uh but then like i said i was still reading doctor who novelizations and james bond and and shannara books and i had lots and lots of different things that i wanted to read in high school is when i got really into um uh, sort of crime noir you know Mm -hmm. uh early to mid 20th century um Raymond Chandler, but also Jim Thompson and all these, you know, some of the writers who were like truly pulp writers that like on the surface, their books look like they were just like, these are to be at bus stops for frustrated people to buy because their covers are sexy and there's violence. But then the the people who had emerged of like, well, they were just writing for, you know, pennies to survive. But on like a lot of the authors, there's like a huge ton of depth, like that sort of discovered literature within the world of pulp. Mm-hmm. So I got really into those. So I was reading a lot of those. And so Hitchhiker's Guide, I think I reread a couple times for a while there. I read Casino Royale every year. Wow. I don't know why I became obsessed with I will. This is the James Bond book. I'll just it's the first one, but I'll reread every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that those lists were like a big deal to me because I could mark off uh I wanted to do better every year. And I remember one uh, New Year's, this is how, what a thrilling life I had in high school. One New Year's, I just remember like the TV being on in the background and just power reading a Shannara book because like I'm finishing this so it can go on the list. And that was my <laughs> big New Year's celebration. It's like, I think I finished like the last paragraph and, you know, it, really to that point where it was, I don't think I truly absorbed that book. I yeah. cannot tell you a thing about it. I don't even remember which one it was. Uh, but that list was this really driving force for me. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I think I've been thinking about that because I'm trying to keep a list of like everything that, and this was like by hand and taped up on the wall. So mm-hmm. like I could really see it going. And like it was a big deal when I had to flip the loose leaf paper over yeah. the second side. Uh But I've been trying to keep a list on my computer of everything that you and I watch and uh, everything I read. And, you know, my uh, high school reading list would laugh at my (laughs) now reading list. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah. And then I think I fell off from reading just because I got busier. There weren't as many assigned books in college for me because I wasn't taking as many of those kind of classes that would assign whole books. Uh, And then, honestly, video games kind of begin started to fill that time of like i've got everything else done and now it's just me time mm-hmm. and my brain was so full and so fried the thought of just opening up a book for fun didn't sound like fun and the video games is unique like you're active but you're not yeah so it was a great escape from my brain 
Yeah. Um, so I want to know if there's any logic to your current piles. Oh, um, there, yes and no. The main logic is these are the books that I want to read sooner. Okay. Uh, so sometimes if there's a book that's like, yeah, I want to read that, but it's not at the top of the list. It's one of the ones that will go into a box. <laughs> um, because I don't, because I don't, which is then the boxes are in a pile, but then, um, they're not going to knock over as much because they're in boxes. Yeah, structurally sound. Structurally, structurally sound. So you have boxes of books? I didn't realize that that's what was in some of those boxes. I think only one or two. And some of them like are you know like Amazon-style boxes that I've just opened up to make additional bookshelf because I don't have, you know, they're not, there's only one. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a few. In fact, there, I was looking for something the other day and I was like, well, what's in this box? And I was like, oh, books. Totally forgot. <laughs> and I'm sorry, which books go in the boxes? Ones that you've decided, like, you've had your time on the pile and it's not happening? Either that or ones that are, that I've read. Oh, that yeah. That are, like, read this, bookshelves are all full, so don't need you to be out right now, so I'll put you in a box. Okay. So, um, or ones that are, like, I really want to read this, but it's not, because for me, some of the books that I, um, some of the books that I have are books that I really want to read. Some of the books are Books that I have very good intention to read, but know that I will only read at the right time if that ever comes. <laughs> um, some books I buy because they're pretty. Yeah. Um, in particular, like I, I really like, you know, um, old, like smaller old books, like books from the turn of the century. And sometimes I will buy them because uh, like I'm thrilled by this find that we had at a used bookstore of it's um, like a 1920 something Bedecker's Guide to Paris. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit and read that cover to cover, um, <laughs> but it's beautiful and it's got all the maps and everything in it. But it's also for me, like it makes me happy to see it. It's a showpiece, even though yeah. it's a showpiece to me, it makes me very happy to have it on the shelf. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, this is what I'm going to read before I go to bed tonight. Right. So you organize books that you want to see mm -hmm. and then books that you want to read. Uh, so if something's been in your to read quite soon pile yeah what takes what does it take to get that book sent to the the box of not now <laughs> um when i reevaluate it kind of i try to do a reevaluation of like okay is this still on the top of the list because sometimes they'll be on the top of the list for some specific reason like if there's something going on in the world or something at work or like oh i just was really had like a bee in my bonnet about reading this book but I, it's not as high of a priority right now um, some of the, the, uh, piles do have to be rearranged because of stability, even when they're <laughs> on a shelf, just because like some of the books are smaller and then others are big. And then I realize that I've had a giant book crushing another book and then I feel bad. So then I have to rearrange. Right. I've had some really wonky piles mm -hmm, uh, yeah. over the last, oh, wow. Okay. You, <laughs> I really thought that we'd make a couple structurally sound jokes at the top of the podcast. I did not think it would be such a big part of this discussion, but it makes perfect sense. I, well, I think at one point I just was like, wow, that is amazing that that hasn't fallen over. And I think partly I was, um, admiring it because I knew that if it were anywhere near my feet, I would have kicked it over 10 times. <laughs> um, and so the fact, that, and I think it was just for a short time and they've since been changed, but for a while there, I believe you were putting books on the pile as they arrived in our home and there were some taller ones on top of some smaller ones. And I just, it was more like, oh, wow. Oh, this was the living room pile. Uh, nope. It was a bedroom pile. Okay. Wow. But it was of like, it was very specifically a like, oh, that wouldn't, I would have knocked that over by now. Okay, got it. So it, it was about me. Yeah, I mean, I really just, I like a lot of excitement in the bedroom. I like to dance <laughs> dance with the devil when it comes to the structural integrity of my book piles. Uh, yeah, I think um, for me, uh, I have on my nightstand what I truly deeply mean to be the absolutely next. And I had a good little run where I think I read three of them in a row. And I wow. just felt like a titan. It was so great. And then that fell apart. Uh, and I, the piles had become out of control. In a, just a month or so ago, I reorganized those two piles that have gotten me thinking really about this. Because it was really the, like, um, I had got uh, some different uh, kinds of books that I want to read. And they were just kind of, they were all separated 
pining to be together. And I thought this will really help if I see them together Mm -hmm. instead of just kind of assorted willy nilly. Uh, So, yeah, there is in that pile, there's definitely some biographies that I've been wanting to read. There's a bunch of Los Angeles centric books that I want to read. There are a couple different uh, books about uh, David Lynch and his work. Um, But and there's some classics and some like just like a couple of like I've picked this up at a bookstore recently and I really, really don't want to forget about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It cannot be in a pile where I won't see it. Uh, but I think really the tour de force, the tower, is the, the Doctor Who novelizations. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I became a fan of Doctor Who, it was on PBS in different American markets. And, you know, there I had been trained by capitalism <laughs> <laughs> to express my love of things that I like by trying to bring it home in some way. You know, that's such a power of, of Star Wars, good, bad, or otherwise, that's the truth of you took the action figures home and you brought the adventure home with you or you drank it on a Dixie cup and, or you wore it on a t-shirt and you brought it home with you. And like everything in that era was desperately trying to replicate that masters of the universe was just a blatant marketing capitalist attempt to replicate that. Mm -hmm. And then I fall legitimately in love with with Dr. Who in their incredibly limited ways to actually like, Use the power of capitalism to express that. Mm -hmm. The only thing I had at the time were the novelizations, which uh, I gobbled up, you know, and then they have just held such a place in my heart. So then over the last four or five years, I've been a guest at this great Doctor Who convention in Los Angeles, Gallifrey One. And it is like actual time travel for me of like, I enjoy the convention and hanging out with people and doing shows and panels. But, like, uh, all year I think about, like, I know that one seller is going to be in the dealer's room to the point where they recognize me now. Like, this is the guy who floats around our table all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> They're really friendly and really nice. And last year a guy gave me, he's like, you're always here every year. So I'm going to give you a discount. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, thing, they're books that aren't that expensive, but they didn't get, get carried as much because the, the show declined and they disappeared. So for me, they're like holy grails. Mm-hmm. Of like, I, if I could find that $10 book or like there's a reason I want to reread a specific one because the plot relates to something or I'm curious about an author or I learned something about it or whatever. Uh, so I've been buying a handful of those Target Doctor Who novelizations every year for five years. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, I can't buy anymore the next time I go to Gallifrey One unless I've read some of these. So that's one of my huge piles. And that's the one that's uh, structurally brave because it has big books... <laughs> on the bottom <laughs> and some big books on the top and then in between are all these teeny little target novelizations of doctor who episodes just like a beautiful column it is a beautiful column yeah mm-hmm. it looks it looks like the master's tardis you when it turns into a column pedestal on the bottom a cap- capital on the top <laughs> yeah i will say that none of your piles right now make me nervous oh really yeah oh good i thought that one for sure mm-hmm. now that we've talked a lot about structural integrity <laughs> nightmares i thought that one was for sure upsetting you um, so despite our piles, we continue to buy more books. Uh, why, why do you think we do that? <laughs> um, because, because we like piles of books. Because <laughs> we secretly want to live in a used bookstore. Yeah. Because we like to go to bookstores. And I, I know for myself, and I, for myself, I'll say I come and go and like how, there will be times when I don't go and buy books at all. Right. And then there will be phases where I buy a lot of books. And I think I will say that, you know, like in the last since, you know, March of 2020, I have made it a point to buy books first online from local bookstores. And now as things have opened, we've really made it a point to try to go to some of these places. Um, and I want to at least at least buy something. Yeah. You know, I say, of course, I must. But to help keep, you know, to kind of do my part to help keep these stores that I want to exist in business. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big thing for me is if sometimes when people have asked, like, well, what have you been up to? How are things going? You know, you want to have that, like, oh, well, here's uh, career stuff or, you know, whatever. You know, here's that to sum up my pandemic. But, like, when I actually think of what has brought me joy, there's a little montage in my head of uh, cocktails in bookstores. <laughs> it's just, they do truly bring me joy. We've done episodes about bookstores and about kind of that magic of 
you can go to a bookstore that's a little bit more like I'm looking for a book that is recently in print and very popular and it's very fun to go to Barnes and Nobles or like a Romans here in mm-hmm. Los Angeles that has, you know, yep, you can find that book you're looking for. Uh, but then we've been to a lot of used bookstores as, you know, things opened up a little bit. Things mm-hmm. are a little bit more, we're being a little bit more cautious now, but as things opened up and we could be in stores more, we went to a lot. And uh, and it was just, for me, this is like great reigniting of the fire of it is so fun to go to a bookstore that has the twisty maze of what could be in here mm-hmm. what could possibly be in here because that was another thing i was going to say about my uh, my gamut of emotions of in some ways like the, just seeing all the books piled up it's almost like having like brochures for travel piled up yeah because you know adventure is in there you know an idea or you know excitement or you know just aesthetic fun or comfort of something a world you visited before you know, and I think just kind of going into a bookstore, just knowing, like, not knowing what you're going to find. And then I just get, I get excited. Uh, and, like, the one of the last bookstores we went to, we talked about in a recent episode about local exploration, the one that has the the um, uh, foliage mm-hmm. in the entryway. I went into that one going, I want to support this bookstore. So I'm going to find one, maybe two things to buy. And I think between us, we bought about eight, nine books. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I think for me, it's one of those things of like uh, the act of going into a bookstore, discovering a book you didn't know you were going to find and buying it. That is a pleasure onto itself. Mm -hmm. I'm not hurting anyone, uh, you know, except for maybe the actual structural integrity of our apartment building. But I hope it can withstand (laughs) it. Uh, I'm not hurting anyone. And honestly, just finding and buying the books is an act of joy for me. Oh, 100% agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I want to pick up on one other thing that you said about the piles and about the the joy of discovery of the books being like the possibility of a trip or an exploration. And because that is a big part of it too. And, and I think it, for me, it varies because apparently I don't like to have too many piles. And right now the piles, um, I have my main pile that I can see turn so that I can't see the spines. <gasps> I know, but it's how I could fit more books. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have that like push pull because then it's both the like, oh, well, what's in this pile again? So then you get that discovery. But it also then, so you get the occasional discovery, but it doesn't give the um, the more continual like, ooh, yeah, but I want to get to that, which I feel like you get when you have the spines. And especially if it's a book that you don't that you haven't read and it's not it's you know not necessarily something that you know exactly what it is but it looked intriguing because the author or the cover or the description or the topic or you know whatever it is but it's like ooh, i'm gonna go on this and is it gonna be fun and exciting and i can't wait to open the pages and find out yeah yeah so do you think you're gonna reorganize so you can see spine or you want to <laughs> I mean, right now, it's the the real the physical reality is things are the way they are because it's how they fit. Okay. So until I've read about five books, I can't reorganize. Well, now we have a goal. There we go. Yeah, which leads actually into my next question, which is how do you personally decide what gets read next? <laughs> now, you are a person who keeps multiple books from multiple sources going, right? You usually have yeah. like at least two physical books and some on your phone checked out from the library. Like, you, I know you got a whole system, so break it down for me. How do, <laughs> how do you decide what is being read next? Yeah, so, well, right now I have th- three, no, four vis- physical books going, <laughs> um, which is more than I like to have going. I like two or three. Uh, so about maybe 10 years ago, I decided that I, there were a bunch of, like, I had read a bunch of uh, classics in school, but then I just kind of had been reading other things, kind of whatever came up. And I was like, you know, there's a bunch of classics that I haven't read that I really want to see what these are all about. Um, and so I want to start putting those into my reading list. And I think it was around that time that I started reading more things on devices. Um, and I was like, this is perfect. I can read it while I'm taking public transportation to work. Right. And so, but then I would read articles and be like, oh, I really want to read that book. So then I started keeping random notes on my phone that were totally disorganized and I started, but I, well, we'll get to what's on it because uh, I, I checked it today. So then I started like, okay, well, I should keep a list of both books I want to read in general or, you know, whether buy or find in the library, but also like, what's my to read next 
Mm. Because for a while, some of them weren't in the, uh, the pile by the on the nightstand. Some of them were in the living room. Some of them were books that were I would need to check out from the library. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to keep a list of like, here's the next three books or four books that I want to rotate in. And I try to do a little bit of rotation, like maybe I read a, a classic, but then I want to read something, you know, like a more lighthearted series. And then yeah. I want to read some nonfiction. Um, and yeah, so that's a little bit of breaking down the system. Um, because I'm not taking public transportation right now during COVID, my electronic reading has totally fallen off. Okay. It has not fallen off how often I check things out. I constantly <laughs> check things out. And if they ever look, they're going to be like, why does this girl keep checking out these three books? She's checked them out for, you know, like seven months in a row. <laughs> you just want to, you want to have them. You want to own them. You but never you, know. This is your electronic pile. Right. You never know when the next time is that you're just going to need to have a book on your phone. You don't have anything else with you. So. Yeah. Might as well have it there. It's fine. I'm not taking it away from other people. Like. I give it a, a little time so if somebody else is on the waiting list. They have access. You give that book urgency. I do, right? <laughs> You're like, this book is always checked out. So true. Um, yeah, yeah. So I would say, but back to the list, I looked at a list that I had written down, I want to say in early 2020, of like, here are the next four books I'm going to read. I've read one of them. Wow. Because I keep rearranging my next to read list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me, th this is amazing. That's, that's a great uh, and intriguing system of rotation. <laughs> oh, well, actually, I do. I want to ask a specific mm -hmm. follow-up question. Let's say there was uh, some sort of, for whatever reason, let's say totally out of your control, not a huge tragedy, but you were given a week off work. Like, you can't go to work this week. Mm -hmm. And you had it free and clear to just read a book. How would you choose what book you're going to read with sudden time gifted to you to read? Yeah. I mean, it so depends because if I'm in the middle of a book that I'm really enjoying, um, and sometimes I'm not good at making time for reading other than before I go to sleep and then I fall asleep. So if it were like, I really want to read this book, I would do that. But if I were kind of in between books or then I, I think it would cause a little bit of panic. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I would want to read the right book. Right. You want to read the right <laughs> book and you would defy your piles, right? You wouldn't just be like, well, of course I'll pick up what's next on the to read you would say what's going on in my life what mood am i in what do i want to reflect or learn about right totally yeah totally i i disregard the piles all the time <laughs> this podcast is turning into how to make your pile structurally sound and then how to disrespect it <laughs> disregard i still respect the piles i was saying disrespect is is a joke <laughs> i know i'm gonna insult my piles today that's what i'm gonna do uh yeah i think for me uh, strangely, I feel like in general over the last few years, I am reading more than I ever, not ever have. I am reading the most I have since I was in high school. Uh, and a big part of that is uh, we cover a lot of the Star Wars books for my Star Wars podcast, uh, Force Center. And we really, you know, dive in and, and do deep dive reviews. And uh, some of the companies now send us the books for free. So it's very, very nice. But that really <laughs> increases the piles. I didn't even know that they were going to send me these reprints of the Legends novels. And those have been sitting in the living room and staring at me. And, like, I deeply want to read them. Like, I, I, I pick them up and I look at the covers. Like, sometimes just when, like, well, I'm on the couch and I need to go to the kitchen. I will just stop and pick, pick up that picture of Mace Windu and go, I want to read you. But I have new Star Wars books I have to read. So I, a lot, for a lot of it for me is it, it's keeping up with the Star Wars books and then can I shoot something else in? Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I've got a lot of comics now on my Comixology account. So what, sometimes when we read comics on the Comixology account, it's not a physical pile, but it's a digital pile. And then I look over at my physical pile and it's like, I'm sorry for betraying you, books. I'm reading comics tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for me, I think... I, it helps me a lot to have a reason or a goal. And I think sometimes it's mood. It's when I can have the reasons piled up for like, of course, this book is next. That's so great. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, sometimes it's a I'm working on something, a, a story of my own that is in this genre. And it really helps me to be reading the genre and kind of soaking it in. Mm -hmm. uh, that's such a great feeling because it, it, I'm absolutely relaxing. I'm absolutely reading. But this little part of my brain goes, but you're working too, <laughs> <laughs> which really, really helps me. 
Uh, and then I also think that trips have helped me. Uh, we've talked about, uh, I, I read these, uh, the first two of the series that you brought to my attention, the great Mrs. Polifax detective series, read two of those on vacations. And now I'm like, I want to read the rest, but like, is that a vacation book? Cause they're shorter <laughs> and you can read them quickly. Uh, we are planning a vacation that matches a David Lynch mood uh, for environment. <laughs> I think our vacation is going to be very pleasant and not any <laughs> nightmare or double identities. I'm quite confident of that. I don't want to scare you. Yes, please. <laughs> or any listeners. <laughs> the point is the, the, the location matches yeah. the mood. And I've had this book, Lynch on Lynch, which is interviews with him about his films. And I've been rewatching his films so I can read that book because I wanted to be refreshed on all the films before I read that book mm-hmm. that I have looked at in bookstores for literally decades and now finally purchased like two years ago. And like, that's for me, that's like a great one of like, I'm on a mission. Like (laughs) everything is coming together. It's going to be that I'm going to read it on this vacation and I'm watching these movies so I could be perfectly prepped for it. It has been physically in my to read pile for a couple years. It has been mentally in my to read pile for decades. So like when you can build everything (laughs) up to like this book must be read. Yeah. And then I think that's where the guilt comes in. Is sometimes I look at the other books and go like, I could set something up like that for every one of these books. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But then there's like, is that what it really takes? A vacation and a review of, you know, 10 feature films in order to (laughs) read one book? Mm -hmm. That might slow me down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I I think having some balance is good. Some balance is good. Well, do you have any suggestions for my process and how I could could improve which book I pick? I mean, no, I find your process fascinating because I think you're I think you're really good at it because, I mean, you do have a lot of books that you have to read for work. And I, and I want to be clear on have to. It's like, I'm, I'm thrilled to yeah. be able to do it. And it's also awesome to just have that like there's no choice. Like this new Star Wars uh, uh, series that has been launched, this publishing initiative, The High Republic, those books are great. And it feels really good to get in on ground zero with a bunch of other fans and be going on this really different journey. And I wouldn't be making time for it unless I had those great exterior forces. Yeah, yeah, I, yes. And so absolutely good to point out it's a positive thing. Yeah. Um, But I think, it, but there is that like, but you also do have to do that. Yeah. Um, And it's a great joy that you have to do that that you have get to, to do slash that. get to yeah, yeah exactly um but and then i think watching as you've tried to hone your um the way that you bring in non-star wars books has been really interesting and it seems to me from the outside like you've done a good job of that and some books you'll just pick up and read and some books like the lynch on lynch one you'll make more of a thing and to me that's kind of great like there's uh i don't know if it's inspired by that but there's <laughs> what I keep referring to as a positive book on climate change, uh, which is one of the books that is in my pile. But I was like, well, we're going to go out of town. We're going to be, you know, around the environment. So this seems like a good time to read. This is a positive book on climate climate change. Uh, positive as in steps to take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not hooray in, end times. Just to be clear. <laughs> um, but it's funny because because so far I've only read that one when we're, traveling then i don't read it when i'm at home yeah <laughs> which is a danger because not it's it's a bigger book than i can finish in two days yeah um yeah so no i like your process oh good mm-hmm. good okay well I'm, I'm gonna need to come up with more reasons to read specific books yeah it'll be great yeah um how do you balance for yourself new to you books versus revisiting something you read a long time ago like we were talking about the stranger and like what a different experience that's going to be and to read it in high school and when you're a full-on adult mm-hmm. uh and for me I, I you know talked about you know how much i just gobbled up a lot of things everything from classics to genre stuff and i didn't have the life experiences or a lot of times i didn't have the knowledge to just kind of realize honestly like what is going on in some of the genre stuff of like understanding the actual world better understanding the maybe sometimes meta uh, agenda of the the writers or anyway on and on and on there's lots of reasons i want to revisit things that were sort of like the building blocks of my interest and therefore my some of my own creativity mm-hmm. how do you feel about that how do you balance new versus revisiting something you experienced before uh-huh. that is part of my um my process of how i choose what's next um not all the time but especially if i feel like i have been rereading too many things mm. m- um, and not, you know, whether it's like a classic of that has been a while ago, or if it's kind of more of a like comfort series, 
um, which everyone's one is like, I just need my brain needs to be comforted right now. You just want to you visit know? the world of the so, characters, you know? Yep. So, so I'll, there's, I'm at, I know some people don't like to reread books. I absolutely reread books. Um, some books multiple times, some books I don't, but, um, but I do try to keep an eye on, and I do now write down, I think this year I've been very bad at it, but I have tried for the last few years to write down what books I've been reading, partially because I was thinking I was reading a lot more than I was. Okay. And it was kind of that check-in of like, wait a second. I thought I was reading a lot this year, but I only read, and not that it's about numbers, but like, it's a good way to check yourself of like, oh, I really thought I was reading a lot, but I'm, as I look at this, it's July and I've only read like these five books and none of them were that big. So maybe I should make more of a, make it a goal to make more time for that in my life. Um, But if I also, if I notice that I'm rereading too many books, then I'm do a little like Sarah. Your next book has to be not a book you've already read. It's time to find a new book. Like, here's you've got this whole other list. Feel free to have this conversation with yourself out loud. I would love to walk into the bedroom and discover you saying, Sarah. Oh, yeah. I did totally have that conversation. I'm sorry. I interjected. (laughs) No, no, you're good. Um, Yeah, but that is absolutely a conversation that I have with myself. Where I do in my brain say, Sarah, you've been reading too many comfort books in a row or too many books that you've already read so it's time to have something new in there you know look at the pile is there something in there that's grabbing you look at your lists of books that you want to read look at you know what's in your like so in addition to and you talked about book lists before uh, we talked about book piles um so i use the app overdrive with the library okay where you it's both wonderful and <laughs> it's an aggressive <laughs> app name for the library yeah Okay. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. Yeah. Um, I actually, as I've talked about before, use both Overdrive and Hoopla. But in particular, in Overdrive, as you're scrolling through things, you can put things in your wish list. Okay. And it's I use it as like, a, oh, yeah, no, I should think about that. Or I have a different book I'm going to read right now. Like for a while, I used to use that um, as a little bit of a tracker. But I think I have 400 books in my wish list right now. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so sometimes if I'm trying to find the next book... And I need to get out of a book I've read before. I'll go through like the wish list because that's usually entirely books I've never read before. And whether I want read it on a device or get a hold of a physical copy, that's a really good one for me because that's often where I'll be like, oh, sometime I want to read things about this or like I've always meant to read this author and I haven't. So I'll just like bookmark a few books that look good. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, in terms of um, picking a book and saying, no, damn it, I'm reading it. Or I guess you would start by addressing yourself, as we've learned. <laughs> Sarah, you are reading this. Uh, what strategy actually works? When when have you had a victory where you've said, all right, this month I'm reading this book beginning to end. I'm finishing it, damn it. How do you make that work? Because obviously mm. everybody has busy lives. Yeah. You know, uh, I run into problems of reading at bed where I get too tired. I've, I've had some times where I'd like, I really want to read on a certain day and I, you know, get time etched out for it and like, I'm literally too tired. I'm falling asleep. And it's not because the book is boring. It's because life is too busy, Mm -hmm. you know. So there are lots of challenges to balancing everything and making time for books in in our lives. And I would imagine many people's lives. Mm -hmm. When you've had success stories, how did you do that? What was the strategy? Usually the best successes are when I, on a day that I have off from work, I don't entirely fill it up with other things to do. And I just say, Sarah, you're going to make it a priority. See, I do address myself, <laughs> but I do. It's yes, you true. do, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, you're going to make it a priority, and it's not, it's not a bad thing to do. You're get, you're going to sit down and read this book for at at least an hour or two today, and that's you're not letting other things down. It's okay if you don't get these other things done. This is on your, not even to do list, but like this is. This is part of the shape of your day today. Right. This isn't something you're sticking in around the sides. Yeah. And it's not something to feel like guilty that you're making time for. It's really a good thing to be reading books. Yeah. Uh, But that is the time when I actually finish books is when I specifically carve out time on my days off from work. Yeah, it's the same thing for me, and I, I, because I do like in reading a little bit at bed, and I've had some books where that's working. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a big binge of reading uh when we were living in minneapolis uh 
and I and I actually actively stop stop myself because I was reading uh, the Inspector Rebus series of detective novels, mm-hmm. and I was just burning through them. But those books are really good at you know it's character stuff, but it's also you want to know what happens next. And uh, Ian Rankin is particularly good at. Uh, feels like it, this is kind of coming to a you know conclusion for this part of the book, and then the end of the chapter having a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So I got to a point of like I'm sleep deprived because of books <laughs> so I had to stop uh for a little while so at night I either fall asleep or destroy my sleep cycle right so at night works kind of and it's I always think it should like what's the big deal have an organized life you weirdo <laughs> you know read three chapters at night and then go to sleep and just but it just doesn't it doesn't quite function yeah. in the victories I've had in the last couple of years like I can remember them they're glorious days of like <laughs> you know what I'm doing today I'm finishing that book and like sometimes with the Star Wars books is like I have to we're recording the podcast tomorrow I need to finish this book that's what I'm doing today and that because again there's the exterior uh you know impetus mm-hmm. uh it's great but there've been a couple books uh there was a you know relatively recent um new bond novel uh and that was that also helped me because everything was aligned because it was um set in a year that that the year i read it was an anniversary of mm-hmm. and i'd watched several other things set in that year and uh in the novel a uh, bond was the age i was about to turn away from so mm-hmm. like how cool is it to read a in, in the beginning of it is his birthday Oh, wow. So like I had all these reasons that piled up like this is the time to read it. And I, just, I remember that day is just a great, beautiful day. Remember that day you just sat there and you finished a book. <laughs> uh, but then when I try that again, I, I really do wrestle with the guilt because yeah. it feels so. Uh, <laughs> it's an awful thing to say. Like I feel guilty about it because it feels good. Uh, but there is that. I think there's a picture of. uh I don't know where I exactly absorb this cultural baggage, but like that reading is leisure Mm. and it's for when everything else is done and it's just a calm afternoon where you have earned the time for this. Like that, you know, I work really, really hard, but I don't have a set schedule out of when I record my outside of when I record my podcasts. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like that is the height of, of hubris and guilt to just read on a Wednesday afternoon. (laughs) <laughs> like in and it's yeah. not like I'm skipping work cuz I work yeah a bunch but that that doesn't work it's like it's Wednesday afternoon you can't read a book you lazy asshole you know like it's how I feel mhm yeah no i i understand that's part of what i was saying too of like it there's part of it that feels indulgent yeah cuz it does what you're just saying of like it's a thing you do when everything else is done but n- i don't remember the last time i ever felt like everything <laughs> is done like i i seriously like decades right yeah, which fine, like that's life. That's I don't want everything to be done, so that's nothing fine. will ever be done. So we just shouldn't do anything. This is the kind <laughs> of nihilism I learned from that uh, whole tragedy syllabus uh, in high school. There you go, right? Yeah, but it is like, but you have to make time for things because nothing's ever done. So you have to make time for it also because otherwise, this book's never going to be done. And you don't get to read the next one. Yeah, there isn't enough yeah. time, so make some. <laughs> <laughs> Give it priority. Give it yeah. priority. Yeah. yeah. No, that it really is getting past all of that bullshit. Yeah. And saying, I'm giving myself permission to make this my mission of the day mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. And for, and for me to even if it's just like, I'm just going to take an hour and, you know, after lunch, just read for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have a very similar from um, last summer. I, as we've talked about was recovering from surgery so couldn't move around a lot and there's a book that i do not think i would have read if i hadn't had it was checked out from the library but the libraries were all closed so i had had it for like four months and i i don't think i ever would have read it but it was there i think you were probably working so i was trying to be uh, not too loud but i couldn't really move around and do things so i had to sit and read a book and it was beautiful see and that's ridiculous to be like oh man i wish i could have some sort of minor surgery (laughs) no 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 just make it part of life uh so here's the question uh that you kind of asked wisely at the beginning but i want to come back to it you and i when we talk about a dream home we absolutely fantasize about like a big glorious wooden library right shelf upon shelf multiple ladders needed to reach all the books (laughs) right if we had that 
beautiful dream wooden library where there was more than enough room on the shelves for all of our books and there were no piles, would that change how you feel about what am I going to read next if it's if all the books are beautifully displayed and there's room for all of them? Oh, I'd still find a place for a pile. <laughs> Look at you with the truth. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that we would somehow manage this dream? Not even dream home. We have a tiny home, but it's got a beautiful library. Let's say we yeah. manage that. Yeah. A beautiful gothic wooden library with a secret bar. Would you go into that library and not put the books on the shelves, but pile them on the floor? <laughs> Well, no, because I don't like books piled on the floor. I know you don't. But I would pile them on the shelves in front of the other books. Ooh, okay, so that's the secret to a good dream library. You can't have enough room on the shelves for more books in front of the books on the shelves. Mm, well, then we just need a second library. We need a second. <laughs> no, that oh. that feels like that would be, No, I, I would not put piles in front of the bookshelves no no because then the secret bar can't open yeah like maybe if there's columns between them like maybe one small pile if there are a reason for it but i would still have a pile on the nightstand yeah like, right i will always have a pile in, on the nightstand. right because we would go to the library and go okay well what books are we going to read at bedtime yeah and, and then you... we would take four books with us <laughs> and pretty soon half of the library <laughs> would be in our bedroom mm-hmm. would you if we had a giant dream home <laughs> Would you want a beautiful, gorgeous library where everything neatly shelved and easily accessible and then a separate pile room where I just mm. had things piled on the floor? I mean, if it would make you happy to have a pile room, absolutely. And I'm but just, you started shaking your head no before you... Well, I'm, I might stay out of that room, <laughs> to be Understandable. totally honest. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, here's my final question. Uh, if you were an author, would you be honored to be in someone's to-read pile for years. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally. Right? Yeah. Because it shows that there's still intention or interest or your book is pretty or <laughs> any of those. Like, absolutely. I would be uh, entirely... Everybody that is in my to-read piles, whether they're the ones by the nightstand, even the ones in boxes, Yeah, uh, I mean it kindly toward the authors. Yeah, I think that there should be a whole separate, like, New York Times, you got bestseller. There should be a New York Times most piled book. (laughs) (laughs) People would have to self-report, like, yeah, no, I can't wait to read that one. I've had it in my pile for seven years. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. There's a a Buckminster Fuller book that, granted, is not in a pile right now, but on the bookshelf, but has basically been in my pile for, like, 20 years. 20 years. That's amazing. Oh. I, I, I'm going to have to look up what uh, my oldest book is that's a waiting. There's some there's some that are definitely 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Uh, I would be very honored to be in a to read pile. Good. Uh, I'm going to ask you to make a noise to sum up your interest in to read piles. That sounded like a very jazzy Dracula walking up and going, Bleh. what, what, give me, give me the idea behind it. Yeah. So like the pile, you're like seeing like the pile keeps going, keeps going. And then at the top, the book that's open and being read oh. is an explosion of fun. Oh yeah. Blah. yeah. That's great. Love it. Uh, it sounded like happier grass yelling. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so what is your obsession level on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, where would you put your obsession with this topic? Well, are we saying specifically piles of books to read lists? Which which interpretation of this? Topic? I'll say to read lists because you you have made it clear that you that <laughs> well, and you have thing to read. A big part of your system is library digital to read lists that are yeah. not piles, right? So yeah, for you to read lists. Oh, mm. <laughs> seven and a half. Okay, eight, seven and a half. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. I'm gonna go eight with to read piles. For sure, because there's the just actual like, hey, I want to read these books. There's the aesthetic joy. There's the amount of thought I'm giving to uh, the organization and the structural integrity. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, like that that joke tweet I keep talking about, like, I think for me, that was a little bit of a way to cope of like, I I do. I love it when I go into a used bookstore and like they've got so many more in there's piles Mm -hmm. because then you're like, oh, I check the the stack for, uh, you know, the shelf for what I want. But there's still hope down there in that stack (laughs) yeah absolutely and so i have just this sort of romantic uh attachment to piles Mm -hmm. yeah which you know we'll see if there's ever a pile room that might be going too far even for me 
Maybe a pile closet. A pile closet. There we go. I can go in the dark with my piles <laughs> and uh, risk them all falling over on me. And then Maybe I could not. get a mild in. This is perfect. I, I'm going to pile my heaviest books, <laughs> hope that they tip over on me, get a mild injury, and then I have to sit and read. Perfect. <laughs> Came up with the perfect plan. All right. Let's move on to the plugging section. Where can or do you want to be found on social media? Um, I can be found on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw and at Instagram at Scrimstreet. Excellent. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on upcoming future shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. And uh, we want to give a special mention to, uh, if you're in California, uh, there is a recall election. I would imagine many people are aware of it, uh, but there is a danger of it being too quiet and slipping by. And it's a really big election, uh, potentially confusing. The ballots are being sent out now. The final day, you can. there's lots of different ways to vote, but the final day is September 14th, and it's just really important uh, that everyone in California votes and is aware of this and is aware of the stakes. So I wanted to shout it out. Yes, shout. Yes, shout. Here are our final questions. You ready? If you could travel back in time to verify one disputed historic fact, what might it be? <laughs> oh, goodness. I know. That's, that's a hard one. It's a hard wow. one. Wow. Wow. Oh, gosh. My brain is going in so many different directions. Well, um, I want I want to see um, the Vikings uh, <laughs> in Vinland. Oh, really? Yep. Really? Tell me more. Yep. I want I want to see when they were there, how they got there, if there was a map, how they told other people about it. Nice, yeah. nice, because they sort of disputed claims about how early the Vikings were there, right? Yeah, I think now it's pretty confirmed that they were there, but just kind of all the details of it. Okay, yeah, you want the... the I want the full story. Yeah, so you can come back to the future and write a book. Yeah. And then have it on a tree pile. There we go, perfect. <laughs> uh, if there was a statue of you in a public park, what would you want your pose to be? Ooh, um, something exciting. Um, reading a book. <laughs> I think just like, okay, this isn't so exciting. Um, like standing nice and tall with like my arms out, like kind of being like, let's, let's share energy, but also calm. And I don't know. <laughs> no, I really like this challenge for a sculptor. Of like, I want my hands extended shooting out energy in a calm way. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Uh, so you can see it however you need it that day like do you walk past it and you're like i need some calm today or i need some energy today like i want it to provide both this is an amazing sculpture right i can't wait to meet the sculptor (laughs) final question is always what is happiness having a pile of books to read a big old pile of structurally sound books that is great (laughs) uh thank you for doing the podcast with me as always and thanks everyone for listening that is our podcast You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Okay, so if space travel were something that were just available to all of us, mm-hmm. and you're going on your space travel journey, would you bring a pile of books with you? Oh, yes, and they would all be space travel related. I would try to find books where space travel went awry. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.